Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Agree to Disagree here on VIC. I am your host this week, Aiden Shard. Alongside me are Noah Schwartz, Dean Gutick, and Jack Asello. How is everybody doing today? Good. What's up? So we have a fun show for you guys today. We're going to talk a lot about the NFL and then a bit about the NBA. Uh, but we're going to start with some of the biggest news from the NFL this week. Uh, so the, the Dolphins last week beat the Jets 24 to nothing. That put them at three and three, second place in the division. And right after, or not right after, a little bit after, they announced the number five overall pick, the savior of Alabama, will be taking over the starting role from Ryan Fitzpatrick to uh, Tagovailoa. So I know some of you guys are super psyched about this. Actually, I think all three of you might be. I have some different opinions. But Noah, I know you're a big Tua guy, so kick it off. All right, so first of all, I'll just say that I feel awful for Fitzpatrick. He played really well the last two weeks. He deserves a shot to play somewhere. But at the end of the day, he knew his role when he stepped, in, he stepped into this franchise to be this quarterback for this season. And he knew that he was just a placeholder for Tua. And after we saw what Joe Burrow has done, and we've seen what Joe, uh, Justin Herbert has done, it became time where Tua was healthy, he was ready to go, and this team, as we all know, isn't winning the Super Bowl this year. This is not a great Dolphins team. They've kind of overachieved, to be honest. And it's time for Tua to play. He's ready to go. He's the fifth overall pick. He's going to get eight or nine games, to sh- 10 games really, to show himself. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. He'll get his 10 games to play. Hopefully, he proves mm-hmm. himself, does well. And then he'll be the franchise guy with, with the uh, Miami Dolphins going forward. I think that's what's going to happen here. Um, I actually disagree with you. I think, like, Aiden, I have some different opinion. I'm not – I'm not crazy high on Tua. I think he does have some injury problems. And I want to see – I don't think Alabama it, – it's it's a big risk drafting Alabama quarterbacks because they're not in the perfect situation like they always oh, yeah. are. So it's going to be – but he. I'm not going to say he doesn't have talent. But right now, this is not the right time to play him. The Dolphins, especially Fitzpatrick, you can honestly say, is playing like a top-10 quarterback right now. I think right in terms of QBR, he's at seventh. And he's doing – he's been great so far. They're winning games. And with New England's loss right now, they sit in second place in the division, only one game out of first place. You have a legit shot to go to the playoffs. This is not the time to play Tua where the pressure is on and people, like the, the Dolph, some Dolphins fans probably have expectations. Like they, they, they believe they can maybe go to the playoffs. They've been well. I don't, know how, I don't know how true that is, but right now you have a legit shot to get into the playoffs. And if, so that's why I don't agree with playing Tua now. I would stick with Fitzpatrick right now at least while you're in it if you fall if you fall the three and eight then you can then put Tua in once the season's over there's not that much pressure and he could just play he can make mistakes it would be okay to make mistakes and he can learn but here this is going to be high intense people want to win I disagree with it yeah Jack I completely agree with you I think it's a horrible move to put Tua in right now the the only like Joe Burrow was drafted to start right yeah, all, away. All we number all one that. picks, pretty much. It's very rare. Exactly. Rare. You don't draft someone number one yeah. and then – or, okay, it's rare that you draft someone number one and then bench them. I mean, Baker yeah. Mayfield was an exception. Anyways, point yeah. is, we knew he was going to start right away. Justin Herbert wasn't supposed to start. The only reason he did start is because the Chargers' medical staff is inept. Uh, Tua was not planning on starting this season. They had no plans to start him this season – unless Fitzpatrick got hurt or, they got or was hard. terrible. And here's the thing that I really disagree with what you said, Noah. Fitzpatrick did not know that this was the situation he was coming in because it never really has been. Fitzpatrick has never been the guy that's been dra- or, sorry, that's been brought into a team to mentor the rookie quarterback 
uh, until the guy can get it, get his, get his leg, like get his toes. Uh, I can't, get his I feet can't wet. think of the word right now. Get, get his, his feet, feet wet. wet. That's the word. Yeah. He's usually <laughs> the placeholder until they draft the quarterback. Exactly. He's the placeholder until they draft someone, but they very specifically, get, they kept him after last season, after he played pr- pretty solid. Uh, they also then named him the starting quarterback over the fifth overall pick, uh, which now that they're just kind of yanking it away from him, this was, like he said, this was his team. He's the one that's been helping them, that's been getting them to this record. And sure, they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but the Patriots' next two games are at the 49ers and then the Bills. That gives you an incredible chance to create... Which are, hold on, which are two games they have a great shot of winning. That they have a great shot of winning, but they also have a great shot of losing. Those aren't guaranteed. Those wins. aren't guaranteed. No, no, no. Wins. But but not we're talking Bill Belichick. These are games that they have a great shot to go and get. Well, two See, playoff teams. Well, but but the sense. point is, I don't think it makes any sense to bench fit to bench bench Fitzpatrick here. He was not playing bad. He was leading the team both as a as a player and as like a a, a moral a morale guy, and he looked good. I I don't get the move at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's playing I mean, like a top ten quarterback. You can honestly yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah I want to hear your opinion. You know, um, I felt really bad for Fitzpatrick heading into the year. You know, you had different expectations of you know Tua's going to come in for the Dolphins eventually, but Tua's coming in at the wrong time. The I mean, granted, the Dolphins did win three. They're three and three. Those three wins, as I discussed with Aiden, came against teams that are not so good outside the 49ers. Hey, the Jets are amazing. Okay, Jeff. Uh, yeah, yeah, amazing at being at the bottom of the barrel. They're brilliant. Anyways, listen. Like our coach, Great offensive mind. Um, you know, I feel really bad for Fitzpatrick. And seeing that he said that he was heartbroken, it was like, you know, this guy was actually playing good. The Dolphins were 3-3. Three and three. They were trending in the right direction. This team was clicking on all cylinders. And for Tua to come in with, I believe, his first team he's going to face is the Rams against Aaron Donald. Do you want to get You're gonna put you're gonna put a guy who injured himself like 20 times at Alabama against the best defensive player, the best defensive player in the league with basically no O line and the best cornerback in the league. It's gonna be hard to throw to your best weapon in Devontae Parker. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's, it is. Hold on, but it is coming off a bye. It is coming off a bye, so they have the extra time to prepare. And I know Dean said that some of their wins were you know not really impressive outside of the 49er win. But even the 49er win, Jimmy Garoppolo is coming off a bad ankle. He may have still been banged up. So that's where I, I think you can argue. Okay, they're three and three, but they're lucky to be three and but three. But it was it was a forty. It was a blowout. It was forty-two it was to seven. That defense shouldn't give it up. Should not have given up forty-two points. You, I agree. You cannot pin that on Jimmy Garoppolo coming back from an injury. Like, yeah, it would have helped if he was fully healthy. But a forty-two to seventeen win isn't. Yeah, much. that takes. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The Dolphins have battled in some games against the Bills, against the Seahawks. The Dolphins have been a very competitive team this year. Nothing to take away from that. They are a young and up-and-coming team. Yeah. But to bring Tua in now, where where nothing has really gone wrong for the Dolphins, I completely disagree with. I mean, listen, he could become the guy, yes, but I would have given Fitzpatrick more time. I mean, why if it's not if it's not broken, don't fix it. And the Dolphins are not broken right now, so there's no need to put Tua in. Now, do you think they'll end up with a better record with Tua playing the last 10 games or if Fitzpatrick was still in there? Because well, I think they have a shot to win with Tua. I mean, we've seen it with the other rookies. Those guys have given quality performances and, and let their team at least be competitive in some games and win a few. Not only do I 
think that uh, they would have a better chance of winning with Fitzpatrick. I also think that uh, Tua will not play a complete game. Yeah, no, he's yeah, either I going agree. to be awful and get benched, or he's going to get hurt. Yeah. I, I don't think he lasts the game against the Rams. Yeah, and also, no, I'm just saying, I'm just going to compare. You say the rookies, they come in, they make an impact, but really, between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, they only have one win this entire season. Justin Two. Herbert. Oh, just, no. Herbert, yeah, Herbert. Herbert has but, but they're in every game. Herbert's, right? been, yeah. Herbert's been in it every game. To yeah. yeah, I didn't say he wasn't, but I'm just saying, that just shows, like, it's they don't have, like, that. They they're not fully developed. Skill. Yeah, I'm just saying. You get what I'm saying. No, I, I understand. I just do think that Tua, at the end of the day, you drafted the guy to play him. You didn't let him sit. This is not an Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation, and Fitzpatrick is obviously not a franchise quarterback, even though he may be a great guy and a good leader and all that, but at the end of the day, you want to let your rookie quarterback play at some point. And I just feel that now is it, it's not the best time necessarily because they are still in the playoff race, but I don't have any problem with it. You do want to play a rookie quarterback. compare to Alex Smith and Mahomes. You want to play a rookie exactly. quarterback you when your team is down the drain. In, in blowouts, like when the game is over or when the season's over and nothing matters anymore. Poor in low-stakes games, not one of the highest-stakes games of the season. Yeah, and nonetheless against a good team and a good defense. And like we said, Aiden, against a guy like Aaron Donald, who's definitely going to come at Tua. Um, yeah. Listen, Tua could be a good, a great quarterback, Noah. I'm not going to deny that. But I just think now's a poor, uh, poor timing, and I don't think he's developed or established yet by any means. I got it. All right. So we're going to move on to our next topic. Uh, so the, the Ravens have been making some moves uh, too, too recently. Uh, they just recently traded for former Jaguars defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, uh, and also former Vikings defensive end. Um, what was the compensation for that? I heard two draft picks, but I didn't think it was a third and a fifth. I think it's third and fifth. Yeah. Uh, and they also signed uh, Des Bryant to their practice squad. So what are our thoughts on, on those moves? Yeah, um, I'll start, I guess. Um, First, I'll start with Unique Ngakwe. This is an absolute brilliant move for the Ravens. They're a team that's contained for a Super Bowl. Many could argue they're, they're, the, if they're the best, if not one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. They already have Matthew Judon, Calais Campbell, and Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf's not on the same level as Campbell and Judon, but he's a guy who's been a part of Super Bowl winning teams, and he knows how to play. They have probably the best combination of cornerbacks in Mark Speeders, Marlon Humphrey. Chris Clark is a good safety. They got a solid rookie in Patrick Queen in the linebacking core. And now they add another pass rusher that's capable of getting 10 sacks to play yeah. opposite of. They already um, had the most talented yeah. defense yeah. in the league. They, they, yeah, they added their 10 sack guy to play opposite Matthew Judon. This is a beautiful move for the defense. This is exactly the kind of player they needed. And that's what I'll say about Ngakwe. And also, and a very under the radar move was Des Bryant. Even though it doesn't seem that long ago, but it, it actually feels like a. It feels like a lifetime ago, but it wasn't that long ago where many could argue that Des Bryant was the top receiver in the game in around 2014, 2015. You could say Des Bryant was probably the best, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Injuries got in the way. He had some he had some disputes with the Dallas Cowboys. He hasn't played in a couple of years. But honestly, this is a great move for the Ravens. Low risk, high reward. They need another receiver. I'm not saying Des Bryant's still going to be a number one receiver, but do I think he could be a deep route who, when Lamar Jackson drops back and throws deep, he can go up against the, go up against the cornerback, jump up, and make a big play? Absolutely. I agree. I mean, it also, you know, what, what's so important about having a guy like Des Bryant, like you, you, you hit the nail on the head perfectly with Ngakwe, so I'm not going to add to that. 
Uh, that's Thank a you. huge, huge move for them. Uh, he but but with Dez, Dez, yeah, yeah, with Des Bryant, he is even even having not played in a few years, even if he's limited and slower than he was, he's still a great receiver. And it's important. The the receivers on the Ravens have definitely been struggling, and that's part of the reason why I think Lamar is struggling because he can't. They the the defenses know they can shut down the pass really easily, which means they know they can shut down the they can know they can focus on the run, and that makes it a lot harder for this offense, which needs both functioning to to win games. Um, and Des Bryant, I mean, I remember how. Like when, when the Saints signed him a couple years ago, I was actually driving up to Ithaca when I found out that he tore his Achilles. Um, and that whole thing happened and how mad I was about that. Uh, but, but the point is, he, this guy's still a, still a great receiver. He still deserves a chance that he hasn't gotten in two years. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Gonna, in the background. Low risk, high reward. It's going to be interesting to see how he comes back, of course. Um, as you said, Jack. You like Aiden said, you nailed the Yannick and uh, Yannick Ngakwe situation perfectly. I mean, it's weird because you know, wasn't this a guy that signed with the Vikings and or at least got extended and then he gets traded and now his tenure doesn't last as long with the Vikings? Now he goes to the Ravens, helps build up a defense, but that's right. Long term, right? Uh, I don't know if he's long term, but I know the I'm pretty sure the Vikings extended him at some point after the trade. Um, I remember, did they do that? I don't know. I don't think they I'm, did. Not, I'm not sure if they did, but I heard okay. somewhere I'm they looking it up right now. But keep going. Well, anyway, um, I just – no, go ahead, Dean. Um, for the Des Bryant part now, we talked about, of course, uh, the Ravens possibly needing a receiver. And I do like this move. I'm interested to see how it happens. But at the same time, I don't think the, this will be the move that helps the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens need someone who's younger, someone who could go up and get the jump ball. Uh, someone like – as I mentioned before, Allen Robinson would be per, uh, more preferable for the Ravens, although they're probably not going to do that. Um, low risk, high reward, but I just think that there could have been better options for the Ravens to help he out. Signed, the more. He signed a one-year deal with the with the Vikings. Oh, okay, okay. One year. So he's short term. That makes it interesting. But guys, now that they got they traded for Ngakwe, do they let Matthew Judon walk this off season? I I would I would, I would. Jack. Yep. Because I and I think this is a really big part of what the Ravens' future is, locking up their young core. Obviously, Lamar is going to be eligible for an extension. Obviously, you have a Hollywood Brown who's going to be there for a long time. You have a lot of younger pieces. You need to save up some money for those guys. They just signed Marlon Humphrey recently to a mega extension at corner. Marcus Peters is on a long-term deal. They have a lot of young players, guys who they really would consider part of their main group of players. They want to keep them around. I don't know if Matthew Judon is there is in that group, especially now that they have Ngakwe, who's I would say just as good of a pass rusher, if not better, than Matthew Judon. But I want to focus more on what this means for the Vikings because we all thought the Vikings were going to be one of the elite teams in the NFC. I actually picked them to win the division. I thought they'd be better than Green Bay and Chicago. Didn't turn out that way. But they have massively disappointed this year to an extent that I really didn't foresee at all. Kirk Cousins has not been impressive. They've really missed Stephon Diggs a lot. So it's interesting where they are. I just think that they're, they're basically punting on the season at this point. And I want to see what else they look to trade because I think they could fetch a decent return for a guy like Alex Alexander Madison, you know, maybe one of their younger players, somebody on defense. They have a lot, a lot of younger pieces there. And just to build around Adam Thielen, build around Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, that's really where their, their main production is going to come from in the next few years. But I could see Mike Zimmer being fired sooner rather than later. I could see them yeah. going a different route at head yeah. coach. Maybe Rick Spielman, the GM, goes too. 
this is a disaster in Minnesota, and they, they really don't have many answers to fix it because Cousins is on such an expensive deal going forward. Now, now no, I got a question for you, hey, Chris, because you touched on, on the move. You touch on the Vikings. Yeah. Do the Vikings blow it up from here? Now, Kirk Cousins restructured his contract, as many know. Do the Vikings blow it up? Do they draft a new quarterback? Do they develop a new system? Where do the Vikings go from here as a huge disappointment? I think they're going to blow it up. I wouldn't blow it up, but I would definitely look to upgrade a quarterback for sure. And, and I do Great think that, but I do think that there will be options available. You can't upgrade a quarterback with the amount of money that you've put into Kirk Cousins. You're trading him. Who's going to take Kirk. on Kirk Cousins for that contract? Well, Nobody. hold on. You're still paying that amount of, you're probably still going to be stuck with that salary. What if or they go the Jacksonville route and look to trade Cousins as Jacksonville just did with Nick Foles? Because I think Cousins is a better quarterback than Foles. And they got, at least they got a minimal return for him. I think they could they could fix something at just a bridge Honestly, journeyman quarterback to for I, could, I think they could do that. I could see them going that. the Brock Osweiler route and you know giving someone a, a draft pick to take on his salary. There you yes, go. I agree. Which like like th- that's probably the best they can get at this point if they if they want to if they want to get um get rid of get rid of Cousins and get rid of that money they might have to give up a pick for it. I think I think they're gonna trade Kirk Cousins, get rid of some of that money, trade a uh, trade a pick like you say, Aiden. And I think they're gonna draft Trey Lance. You think I, everybody's I could, gonna draft Trey you know, Lance? We've talked. Here's the thing: we've talked a lot about what teams are gonna be drafting Trevor Lawrence. Um, but there's still but here, good options. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know you Jets fans want want him bad, but you have Sam Darnold, and if they if the Jets decide to fire Adam Gase and stick with Sam Darnold, I don't think that would necessarily be a bad choice. And there are a lot of teams that are bad right now that could definitely benefit from trading up to that first pick and taking Trevor Lawrence. I no could way, see the Vikings trying to gain some capital to trade up to the first overall. No, yeah. I don't see that. They but what I could assets. see, though, Aiden, is if they decide to go and try to make a move with the Jets, it would be for Sam Darnold. Yeah, definitely. That could also happen. That could happen too, yeah. Yeah, and also, I can't also, like, just mention with Trevor Lawrence. The Jets, if they have the number one pick, you do not pass on Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Exactly. If you have a chance to get him, you get him. And also, I'm just hearing a bunch of these reports, like Roddy White is suggesting that Trevor Lawrence should stay another year at Clemson. I cannot even begin to say why that is the dumbest thing possible. I'm going to go for two reasons. One, would you really, he's proved everything he has to in college. And he's only risk. And what would you would you rather play next year for nothing or play for twenty five million guaranteed? I'm going to take the money. And also, I always I was talking about this with Dean. Any down, your any down in football could be your last. Don't. Yeah. What if he gets a huge injury next year if he was a senior in college and then he never gets drafted? I'm just saying as an example. You think? Do you think Ryan Chazier thought he would be retired at this point? No. No, of course not. I really I hope that for his happen. sake. He pulls an Eli Manning and says, I'm not, I'm not going to that team. He's not yes. doing it in. No, no, he doesn't have the family like Eli had because people listen no, to the Mannings. They have a reputation. But I, I want to go back to the Vikings for a second. I, yeah, go back. I go. just needed to get that off. Okay, yeah, no, I understand. Um, I, I just think it's, it's super interesting wh- what their quarterback situation is going to be and, and where they go from here. I mean, we were talking about it, but that was a team that everybody picked to make the playoffs. They beat the Saints in the postseason last year. They went to the right, NFC title game just a few years it. ago. They were supposed to take a step up. They, they really were, and it just has total, totally been a, a disaster there. So they, I, what made, do you they, do? they made trades, and they drafted really well. They got yeah. all the pieces, they got the all the assets, is, and they still disappointed. The question is, what happened? Like, the, no only, idea. the only thing 
the only piece that they lost this offseason was Stephon Diggs. Is does Stephon Diggs make and they lost a lot of corner too? Don't don't forget about that. Okay, but but does Stephon Diggs make that much of a difference on offense? Is Justin Justin Jefferson Stephon Diggs is a top five receiver right now, Aiden? Yeah, right now, big dividends. So is like Adam Thielen last year was a top five receiver for most of the year. Justin Jefferson the past few games has been playing like a top five receiver. You know, they they should not be missing Stephon Diggs as much as they are. I agree. I have another question. Sorry, no, finish your point, Dean. No, I agree, but I just think, you know, it's other than Diggs, I think it's mainly quarterback play and coaching. Mike Zimmer is a huge uh, problem, and I think uh, the the seat is getting hotter for Mike Zimmer. Yeah, I just have one quick question about Mike Zimmer. Do you guys think if he gets fired, would you consider him in a a similar situation, kind of like what Ron Rivera is, would you consider him the the top coach on the market? Absolutely. Yes, 100%. 100%. An established team that has already – that is, it needs a change of head coach, right but it's already one. I could see him going to Atlanta. Yeah, it's, like, not, you, it's not no, Dan Quinn, it's not Bill O'Brien. You want the Jets to hire Mike Zimmer. No. It's not Dan Quinn, it's not Bill O'Brien, it's not going to be Adam Gase. But Atlanta, uh, I can so, see it. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to our last topic. Uh, speaking of coaching hires, the Pelicans uh, recently announced their new head coach, Stan Van Gundy. Uh, Noah was very, very excited about this. So I'll let him, I'll let him start with this one. Well, I'm a big Stan Van Gundy fan. I'm first of all, I'm a fan of the whole Van Gundy family. I think they're both excellent head coaches. I think they're both excellent on television. You've seen Jeff doing the finals for the last almost 15 years now. Stan was terrific on TNT this year. And I think he will go back to the bench and be terrific for a young Pelicans team. And the reason being that team is awful defensively and Alvin Gentry is a good coach he's, he's great he's a great offensive mind he's done a, a, a nice job there but at the end of the day this team really struggled on defense they got better as the year went on when they got Zion to come back but they still need a lot of work there and I think Stan Van Gundy will be the type of coach that can help them improve on the defensive end they have a lot of young individual players who look like good defenders if they just continue to progress like a Zion and Ingram Lonzo Josh Hart all those guys have the ability Jackson Hayes they all can be good defenders. They just haven't gotten to that point yet where they actually are. And I think Van Gundy, who's been around for a long time, has been near the top of the NBA in defensive rating with almost every team he's coached. He'll be able to get the best out of that team, connect with them. And I know it's a big age gap. He's, I think, 61 years old. But he'll be able to bridge that gap a little bit, connect with these guys, communicate with them, and get the best out of them going forward. Because the West is going to be tough. You're going to need as much support as you can to get to the playoffs in such a loaded conference but there's very few who are better at getting the best out of their guys than the Van Gundy brothers, but Stan for sure. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of what you said, I agree with. Um, I have some, some concerns with Van Gundy. He hasn't coached for, he hasn't coached for, in a in a, in a long time. You could say, I think he was fired in 2012 from the Orlando magic. No, he was with Detroit, Jack. Oh, Up until 2018, I think. How did I forget Orlando, that? then Detroit. Yeah. How did I forget that? I just, Oh my God. Okay. never mind. That takes away the point I was going to say. I was going to, I was going to go into, I'm such a moron. I was going to go into how like he hasn't coached in a while and like the analytics side of things, but clearly I don't know what I'm doing, but anyway, I don't, I like, you know, kind of like what Noah said, I'm always, I have mixed reactions to Van Gundy. I definitely agree. He's an upgrade defensively. The only reason I feel like he's gotten into some, how is he going to me- mesh with Zion? We've seen in the past, he's had, He's had bad relationships with some of his star players, mainly Dwight Howard. 
So that's going to be a big question mark. I wonder if Zion, do you think, do you guys think Zion has say in the hire at all? No, I don't. No, not at all. No. I think it was just, I, he doesn't, he doesn't have that much power yet. Yeah, not, no, because like, you know, like, done, like a year after. Devin Booker's rookie year, they're like, Devin Booker has say of what front office decisions made. Yeah, but Devin Booker was the yeah, clear franchise star. He's not even the best player on the Pelicans right now. Yeah. But, you know, like, yeah, Devin, Devin Booker, I mean, Zion is great, and he's going to be a great player, but Devin Booker was the only player on that squad that had a shred of yeah, talent. I was, I, I was going to say, I actually thought that this surprised me. I thought they were going to go with, like, a Mike D'Antoni. I thought that was going to get, like, the best. Especially mainly, cause, mainly for, because they have a superstar in Brandon Ingram and a superstar on Zion, I thought they were going to try and mainly develop that third guy in Lonzo Ball, and we know what Mike D'Antoni can do with point guards. Lonzo, my guy, greatest of all time. You know what Mike D'Antoni can do with point guards, and that's why I really thought they were going to go with him. Yeah, I thought they were going to go with NBA, but I like the Stan Van Gundy hiring. Not only is he good defensively, he's that no BS type of guy. Yeah, he doesn't sure. take any crap. He's he's straightforward, and I think he could, be, he could real, very well discipline this Pelicans team. And this Pelicans is – Listen, Gentry's a good coach, but I think this is an upgrade for the New Orleans Pelicans. So, oh, for sure. He definitely is an upgrade. And Gentry's good. So this, this is not a shot at Elvin Gentry. He was just dealt the wrong cards. Right. And I think it's, this is really going to be the, the year for the Pelicans, too, for them to start. I mean, they, they've had Anthony Davis in the past, and they couldn't do anything, but they never really had a cast around him. Uh, now they have a, a cast. You know, they, they do have a, a, a roster of players that have some talent a roster with at least two all-star caliber players with, you know, several players that are good enough to be the best at their position on the team or on other teams. Sorry. Point is they have a good roster. I don't know why I can't talk today. Do the Pelicans um, trade Drew Holiday? I was just going to ask Jack. I think so. I think they do. They and, do. and the other thing you have to remember is if they trade Drew Holiday, it only gets them more – a, a bigger collection of picks because they already have all the picks from the Anthony Davis trade. They're going to have the flexibility if they even get more from Drew Holiday. They might right. have the ability to go get another superstar in a trade at some point later down the road. What, so, yeah. what pick did they get from the from the AD trade again? It was fourth. Uh, the fourth. fourth pick, but they traded back to like the tenth. Right. So yeah. So they have, but they have a lot coming up. They have, I think, three of them coming in the next like five six years. Yeah, but those are going to be yeah. like into the first round for most. Well, but they could, but they gain more assets, especially from the holiday trade. Now that, like, no, so they could go not only trade for a superstar, they could use those assets very well. Yeah, absolutely. They and load have, up like draft capital. If you have Ingram, who they're going to sign to a max extension, Zion, and then another established star, in a couple years, maybe two two years or so, there's no reason why that team can't be a real contender in the West. They're not yet, they, but they can. Could they? They're on the rise. Could they be going for any of the the big name guys who could be on the move this year? Absolutely. Love, yeah, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Giannis or Embiid or, you know, possibly even Gordon Hayward if the Celtics are thinking of shipping him. Oh, wait, I just, before I, you know what guy I'd love to see go there? Paul George. No. I would love to see that. No, That'd I mean, be interesting. Big man. I think an upgrade over, uh, an upgrade over, especially if they're trying to improve defensively and he's, play, and now, especially he's played with Stan Van Gundy before. I'd love to see him go out and try and get Andre Drummond. That could work. Yeah. And Jackson Hayes could, uh, fetch you a serious return because he's a good young player. Yeah, I, I think we should trade for LeBron. Yeah, Andre Drummond is in contact. I would love to see Stan Van Gundy reunite with him. I love. I personally love Andre Drummond. He's a 15-15 with three blocks. 
He's a good player, yeah, for sure. The Pelicans have a lot of flexibility to do what they want going forward. There's no reason why Van Gundy's not the coach that leads them back to their glory days because they never got it done with AD. As I think it was Aiden that said it, but they've yeah. got the ability to get there soon, and, and they haven't really had much success in the playoffs since Chris Paul. They never even got to the conference finals with either Chris Paul or AD. This is the time. They have young stars. They've got a lot of talent, and they've got the ability to go out and, and really perform this year and in future years. Who do we think if, you know, if they were going to try and trade for one player, we don't have a lot of time left, but one player who you think could, could fill that hole. I want to go with Andre Drummond. Paul George. Drummond, George. Embiid. Embiid. I think, they, right, need well, a, I think they need a, def, they definitely need a big man who's like a, a rim protector. And like yeah, a leader if, if I have to go, if I have to go different, uh, I'd say Giannis. I mean, I think that would be an incredible pairing. Giannis uh, is Wow. What? Giannis. That would be fun, Giannis. Is that would be very be fun. So much fun to would watch. Giannis be the five. Giannis would have to be the five. Yeah, they just have they just have no shooting. Because if you had Lonzo too, I mean, they just would not space the floor well. Lonzo is the greatest shooter of all time. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Lonzo <laughs> is the goat. Lonzo yeah. is the goat. Actually, you sound no. like me with Blankenship. Guys, they're gonna do this. They're gonna they're gonna sign Leang They're gonna sign LiAngelo and they're gonna trade all their assets and they're gonna trade up to the number one pick and they're gonna draft Lamelo. They're gonna have all the balls <laughs> with Zion and Brandon. <laughs> Future champions. Yes. All right. So uh, that is all of the time that we have for you today. Thank you guys for listening. Oh, I just got an email. Sorry if you guys heard that. Uh, thank you guys for listening. It's been a fun episode. Uh, so just a reminder to follow us on Instagram, agree to disagree underscore VIC, follow us on Twitter at A2D VIC. We also have a Facebook page. It's called agree to disagree right now. Yeah. Agree to disagree on VIC. And listen to us on VIC radio, uh, Saturdays, 1030 to 11 AM. Have a great day guys. See ya. Peace.